You're listening to the Garden City Church Podcast. We just want to say thanks so much for tuning in. And if you enjoy what you hear today, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. If you want to support what Garden City is doing, you can go to GardenCityNW.com slash give or click on give in the show notes. Let's dive into this week's message together. A woman put down her phone after a text storm with her best friend. Both friends texted each other with tears in their eyes. And the last text read, I'm done with this. I'm done with you. Please don't text or call me anymore. Both feel failure and anger mixed with the desire to make it right. A wife sits her husband down and says, I'm done with you. I'm done with this marriage. I want to be happy and you just don't make me happy anymore. That night, the couple pretend to sleep, turned away from each other on the edges of their bed, looking at the wall. The space between them carries a cold sense of failure and anger mingled with the desire to turn around. But they fall asleep, unturned. An old father's driving home, filled with adrenaline. It's lightning in his veins. His face is flushed after a fight with his son. An argument broke out over a political issue at the dinner table. The argument became a heated bellowing match, leading to both father and son marching out of the room, yelling regrets at each other, with the whole family in silence eating melted ice cream. Driving home, the father can't shake the feelings of failure and anger mixed with a deep desire to turn the car around and return to hug his son. He lights a cigarette and keeps driving. How do we deal with failure, with separation, with a betrayal in a relationship? How do we deal with these things? Before his death on the cross, Jesus had a significant conversation with a leader, one of the leaders of his disciples, Peter. And he had a conversation about failure that is often misunderstood or even unseen. Jesus said, Simon, Simon, look, Satan has asserted the right to sift you all like wheat. However, I have prayed for you that your faith won't fail. And when you have returned, strengthen your brothers and sisters. Simon is the other name for Peter. And notice at the beginning, as he says, Simon, Simon, look, Satan has asserted the right to sift you all like wheat. Jesus is saying that there's some dark spiritual forces that are part of helping separate this idea of sifting, like sifting wheat, separating. And the disciples are going to go through a sifting, a a separation time, a pulling apart. And Jesus is saying Peter and the disciples are going to be tested and tempted by Satan, just like Jesus was in the desert. But Peter and the disciples are going to face failure. They're going to listen to the wrong voice. In another conversation, Jesus makes this really clear again. He says, but the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now when you will be scattered, each one going his own way, leaving me alone. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. And then it happened when Jesus was taken by the religious leaders to be crucified. It says in Matthew 26, all the disciples ran away and abandoned him. Peter fails Jesus. All the disciples fail Jesus. They scatter, they abandon, they deny, they betray him during his greatest moment of need. But notice what Jesus said in verse 32. Satan has asserted the right to sift you. And notice what Jesus says here. However, I have prayed for you that your faith won't fail. 
Jesus is praying for Peter and the disciples that their faith will sustain them through their failures. Jesus' prayer helps us realize your faith does not have to fail when you fail. The Bible teaches us in Isaiah 53 that all of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Every human goes astray and follows things that are less than God. Giving our allegiance to something lower than Jesus, we scatter and we abandon, even betray each other and our Heavenly Father. When fear hits or a a desire gone wrong hits, we scatter, we abandon, we even betray each other and our Heavenly Father. Have you had a loved one fail you? Have you experienced betrayal, separation, or abandonment in the last year or two? I love what Jesus says after sharing that the disciples will abandon him. The time is coming. It is indeed here and now when you'll be scattered, each one of you going your own way, leaving me alone and focus on this verse. He says, yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. Even when everything seems to the contrary, Jesus seems totally alone. He says, the Father is with me. And so it is with us. Even when everything might seem to the contrary, God is with us when we're alone and abandoned. I wonder how many of us will look back at this pandemic and realize we have divided and strayed away from God's goodness to follow something lesser, something smaller. I wonder how many of us will feel the conviction, the yearning to return to even loved ones, friends, family members, people we we hold dearly. I wonder if we'll feel the yearning to return to those that we have failed, that we have left and abandoned, maybe even betrayed and cut out of our life. Or will some of us be so hurt and mad at each other that we won't even want to allow a return? We won't allow them to return to us or allow us to return to them. In a community following Jesus, The question always is, will we return and allow others to return? Will we create a a restoring community that Jesus died for, where others can return as full-fledged family members? And how can we return from failure? How can we open our hearts to those who have failed us and allow them to return? Let's read this whole verse in its context now. Simon, Simon, look, Satan has asserted the right to sift you, to separate you like wheat. However, I have prayed for you that your faith won't fail. Now listen here. When you have returned, strengthen your brothers and sisters. When you have returned. I love that. It's an invitation to all of us who have gotten lost, wandered away, or even just become foolish. It's an invitation. When you have returned, strengthen your brothers and sisters. Strengthen your spiritual family. When people fail us, crush our hearts, we either want to reject them or make them earn their way back. I mean, that's just often how we feel. And sometimes just keep them in a place of guilt, never quite fully returning to full-fledged family friend status, kind of like a halfway home. Or we ignore it. We sweep it under the rug, allowing our hearts to grow cold and numb with a smile on our face as if everything's fine when it's not. Let me ask a question. How are these ways of approaching failure working for you? Are they making your life more beautiful? Are you living freer? Or do you feel trapped? Do you feel stuck in a pattern that's leading to bitterness and resentment? 
Jesus shows us another way, the way of return. When you return, strengthen your family. We take the betrayal, the hurt, the abandonment, the addiction, and we turn it into our transformation when we follow Jesus. And we use that pain as a gift, not only to transform us, but to give the gift of transformation to our family. The invitation to return is the invitation to let your transformation become our transformation. This is the way of Jesus, where even evil is overcome by good, and transformation of one can be given as a gift to many. Strengthen the family of faith. How does someone strengthen a family when returning home from utter failure? Well, here's a few practical things. Honesty. Sharing the failure, being honest, being honest with God and honest with others. Those you have hurt or those a part of the family, be vulnerable and honest. Humility. Show and share how the failure has changed you. Show and share what you've learned so others can learn with you. Your transformation can become part of their transformation. And lastly, service and love. Show and share how God has used this experience to help you forgive and restore others, or maybe to receive forgiveness. Commit to creating a place where you can allow others to return and be restored. That's your act of love and service. Commit yourself to creating the space and the community, the family that you needed when you had failed. To the degree that we have been forgiven and restored is the degree to which we forgive and restore others. Strengthen your family with your failures and your fallouts through the grace of God. Sometimes we fail and fall many times before we quit, start, sustain, and take off in our faith, meaning we struggle maybe with a habit or we just can't kick it, we just can't get over this failure. Jesus built his spiritual family on a theology of failure and return because he knew how prone to wandering off we all are. I was talking to a friend, they shared with me that it takes seven tries on average for someone to kick the bad habit, like smoking. That means that humans require failure to succeed. We require failure to transform. Jesus knew Peter and the disciples, like every human, required failure to succeed. But the only way human communities can truly flourish is to allow people to return from their failures, return from smoking again, from addictions again, from poor judgment again. Return does not mean enablement or continued abuse. Of course, we need to be wise, and uh, returning sometimes requires training wheels and boundaries for health and safety. Nevertheless, getting back means returning to the family, strengthening the family with what we've learned through our failures. Allow God to use your failures and your fallouts to strengthen your life and others' lives. Allow God to use your addiction to free someone else's addiction. Allow God to use your mistake to free someone else from that same mistake. Allow God to use your foolishness to free others from the same foolishness. Strengthen your family with what you've learned. What begins and was meant for evil, God will turn into good. 
We should be looking for and running toward people returning home from failures, addictions, corruptions, idolatry, bigotry, nationalism, racism, running to them as they transform into the goodness of God, in the grace of God. Rejection and exclusion is always easier than embrace at first. That is until you have to Keep alert and vigilant and angry and bitter enough to continually reject and exclude those who long for your love, who need your love. To the degree that we have been forgiven often determines the degree to which we forgive others. Who do you need forgiveness from? And who will you give forgiveness to? Maybe you're standing with the disciples and Peter in the place of failure And you need to allow yourself to return. Do that today. Go talk to whoever you need to and make things right. Begin maybe the process of peace and reconciliation and forgiveness. I love this verse. So when you offer your gift to God at the altar, like when you're worshiping even, like maybe even on a Sunday, and you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there at the altar. Go and make peace with that person and then come and offer your gift. Like reconciliation is at the heart of what worship is. You can't be worshiping on a Sunday and laying, you know, laying your worship before God and with a known issue that needs to be put right. Go put it right. Get some reconciliation and forgiveness going, which is at the heart of the gospel. Reach out to the person you aren't right with this week. Say something like, I know you feel this way, and I feel like there has been a barrier between us. But I, I just want to be whole and make it right between us. Could you forgive me if I've offended you or damaged our relationship in any way? I'm committing to forgiving you and making peace with you. Let's move forward together with Jesus in the middle of a relationship. Say something like that. It could be something simple. It could just be a question. How do we make it right? But initiate that today, this week. Don't wait. But maybe you're standing in the shoes of Jesus, simultaneously experiencing pain of abandonment while trying to be in a faith community that stands for reconciliation and being a family of return. And you're experiencing that tension. How do you handle the failure and the abandonment, the betrayal, the bitterness that flows from that and the hurt while also creating this community of return and reconciliation? This is a really difficult tension. And in these divided days, I just pray that the words of Jesus would be your prayer and your heart. Remember, Jesus said, I'm not alone because the Father is with me. If you feel abandoned and you're alone, remember that you're not alone because the Father is with you, even if everything seems to the contrary. And remember these words from Jesus as well. I have prayed that your faith won't fail. When you have returned, strengthen your brothers and sisters. Before Jesus experienced the abandonment of his disciples, he gathered them around a table and they had communion. They had this powerful moment of oneness and they had wine and bread that was symbolic of the death that he was about to experience. Then his disciples abandoned, scattered, left, betrayed. And after Jesus died, the power of God raised him to new life. And the first thing that he did was begin gathering his disciples 
And there's one moment where he regathers his disciples who have scattered and run and, and abandoned, and he gathers them around a meal for oneness and communion again, restoring them. May we live into that story as a community with a family of people made in the image of God, failing forward and learning to return and allow others to return to the family of faith. Guys, I love you so much. I'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or comments about today's message or would like to contact Garden City Church, reach out at info at gardencitynw.com or click contact in our show notes. Garden City services are made possible by your generosity. Your generosity is love in action. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.